He's like, I voted against abortion, but I want you to have one. <laughs> oh, man. Put that in the opener. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that float. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to a very special episode The podcast which reviews very special episodes of TV I am your stern but sensible host this week, Austin Gorton and joining me with a not-so-secret drinking problem is... Carolyn May. <laughs> and as the beaver. I just want to say that it's a coincidence that I've been drinking. I didn't do it for the episode. I just happened to be drunk. Um, Ryan Alexander Tanner. Austin, I think you need to talk to the Ryan. And, and give him an important lesson. Well, he, he's got to watch this episode and then he'll learn. I just watched me. it. Like, I, I, I just watched it. Like, I just finished it right before we started recording. And if you had watched it sooner, you would have known not to drink. But now, now you know. Well, what does it mean that I was drinking while I watched it? <laughs> and that I'm still, I'm drinking right now, still. Were you also painting a fence? No, I painted our bathroom recently, but... Oh, that's not good. That is not good. I don't know why you would drink and paint. I drink, but I can't drink when I'm doing anything uh, functional. Like, I drink when I'm not getting anything done that day if I drink. I'm definitely... Are you saying our podcast isn't important to you? I am. But more importantly, what <laughs> I'm saying is that... precisely what he's saying. I wouldn't... words hurt when he drinks. I wouldn't paint trim... Drunk, because that's some precision work. That's a steady. It takes a steady hand to paint the trim. You wouldn't paint the beaver's trim, right? I would trim the beaver. Yeah, you wouldn't paint that trim on that beaver. Well, I think the idea here is that that Andy is such an alcoholic that he needs the booze to have a steady hand. I think you're right, Andy. The only word I can think of is is pathos. <laughs> it's just oozing out of him like the sweat and booze from his pores uh <laughs> so this week we are going back to a time when things were still great for white men to discuss leave it to beaver season three episode 20 beaver and andy in which ward cleaver throws some handyman work at an alcoholic old friend to whom Beaver takes a shine, because he's kind of a simple kid. <laughs> and in order to protect the Beave from the horrors of alcoholism, Ward and June opt to keep Andy's trouble euphemistic 
which leads to Beaver more or less shoving Andy off the wagon when he hits up the bee for a bottle of his dad's sweet Christmas hooch. That is not Beaver's fault, but all right. No, it is 100% not Beaver's fault (laughs) at all. It was a simpler time. Uh, I'd like to point out this is our first episode that is in black and white. Yes, oh, it was... <laughs> yeah. Unless at you one... guys missed one on me. <laughs> at, at one point, they at one point, like Ward and Andy are talking about like the paint colors and yeah. comparing them to the colors on Andy's sweater. And I thought they were saying gray, but they were actually saying green. <laughs> they might. I think I just substituted gray because I'm like, you can't see color; it's all black and white. <laughs> yeah, they might as well have been saying whatever. Yeah, this is the this is the oldest episode of a TV show we have yet to review to date. I guess that's true. This, this aired February thirteenth, nineteen sixty. Huh. And did anyone else kind of feel that everybody just talked kind of weird? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, everybody. Wally has the strangest delivery. The it's, older brother. Yeah, it's really yeah. bizarre. Yeah, he was like, heck yeah, dog. No. Yeah, he was. He was like doing an impression of someone that he hated or something. Was the way that he, talked. <laughs> yeah, he, he could not not be like really snotty. He was like, oh my God, y'all dog, huh? Yeah, yeah. oh, beaver, you know, you're right around. You can tell this is, uh, this is TV's early days because it's very, it's still very staged. It's It's not too far away from just being like a filmed stage production yeah uh, like there's not a lot of like there's there's five actors in this episode. like i looked it up on on imdb and it's like oh yeah it's the four main characters that are in every episode and andy like that's it there's no oh yeah like, ancillary characters huh. there's there's this mild little subplot involving uh wally playing mind games with his would-be girlfriend but that otherwise it's just yeah. like there's just like a main plot and everybody just kind of stands on like either side of the scene and talks to each other and it's it's very simplistic and direct and that's just how tv was back in the days yeah ryan what's your history with leave it to beaver well i've seen leave it to beaver i was a real classic tv kid like i watched a lot a lot of nick at night um but i never was into leave it to beaver like i've seen i was more of like curious about what it was like like whenever shows were really famous or classic i always would check them out you know right some i liked more than others and i was never really into this show but i've seen i don't know i've probably seen 20 30 episodes here and there i don't remember ever seeing this one why is he called the beaver that's a very good question that i don't know the answer to oh i was really counting on you austin (laughs) because it's really strange let me let me let me go hit up the gruel orphans. I think it's because when he was born, he tore up his mom's <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Cuz his last name's Cleaver, so he's the Beaver Cleaver. Yes. Okay. Named exactly. Cuz he just split her right open, right? Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Beaver Cleaver. You know what? Don't look it up because I'm I'm sure that that's the answer and that yeah, they based Yeah, alcohol a, has given us the confidence to know this. They based a sitcom for children <laughs> off of that basic idea in 1957. Uh-huh. It was a very forward show for its time. It was. <laughs> yeah. Covered a lot of important topics. Um yeah, it's uh 
yeah, I guess, I mean, it's worth saying, as simplistic as this is, it's definitely groundbreaking in its own way. And this is, I mean, probably the most iconic TV show to come out of, like, TV's golden age. This That sort of, like, first blooming of popularity. Well, I Love Lucy is. Oh, yeah, you're right. But it's up there. I mean, and it, yeah. the thing is, I Love Lucy holds up as a good show, whereas this I don't think really does. It's just, it's maybe it's almost like the Save by the Bell of its era. Like, people just remember it. Well, and it's, I think it's a little bit, um, it's a precursor to some of the later, like, family sitcoms, where it's like, uh, I Love Lucy was about, like, Ricky and Lucy and their relationship, and Fred and Ethel. And their elderly and like, best friends, yeah. Their el- yes, their elder, their puzzlingly elderly best friends. <laughs> um, so that, that seems more, like, I Love Lucy always seemed more of a piece with, like, Mary Tyler Moore and Murphy Brown and, like, the the workplace sitcoms, okay. whereas Leave it to Beaver seems more the ancestor of, like, Family Ties and Growing Pains and the I, Cosby Show. I wonder if maybe I wouldn't say that um, uh, I Love Lucy is more for adults and Leave it to Beaver is more for, I don't want to say kids, if I maybe family entertainment, but yeah. The, the, yeah. it's not a sophisticated show. No, not not at all. And it and it isn't even um it isn't even like terribly funny. It's more it's really like not. it's more amusing than than yeah. funny. Like things happen and you're just sort of like, that was funny, but you don't laugh. But it's like Yeah, I didn't laugh this whole time. Yeah, no, 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 there was like Yeah. It's like um Americana though. It is. Oh, it's so ingrained in just, like, the pop culture zeitgeist. Yeah, and it's like a time capsule, you know? It's like a um, a painting by, I know this guy's... Norman It's Rockwell. like a Norman Rockwell painting, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, when people... I mean, I kind of joked about it in, in my summary, but, like, when people build entire political parties about around the idea of making America great again, mm-hmm. this... This is the image that they have in mind, huh. and and it's not accurate in terms of like. Oh. like so when they're not... like, I don't see color. What they mean is they picture <laughs> everything in black and white. <laughs> they see mm. everything like Leave It to Beaver. Like this, this like the Cleavers are sort of the stereotypical slash iconic nineteen fifties suburban family. Like this is what people picture. And which isn't to say that there weren't families like this, but this is by no means a comprehensive depiction of suburban life in yeah. Well, and it's like the fifties. It's an ideal too, right? Right. And it's but a- they look perfect, but they all talk kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bunch of mush mouthed, and then like the the wife is pretty sensible and sharp, but then there's no daughters. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. But at least it's an alive mom. They started she killing all the moms after her. It's true. She's uh, so, Carol, what's yeah. your what's your familiarity with Beaver? Pretty limited. I've certainly been aware of it. Mostly, I think, in parody in the cultural milieu. It's been like, Wally, we need to talk to the Beav. And I think everybody mm-hmm. said that because they watch this show and because they like to talk about Beaver. And also... What is the name of the actor who plays the beaver? Jerry um, Mathers. Jerry yeah, J- Mathers. Yeah. I saw him 
so OMSI, when I was a kid, played in the OMSI dome, this, you know, the cool watching theater dome thing. They played this beaver movie and they had him as a guest for just no reason. It was about <laughs> the animal beavers, but he was just oh. there and I was like, look, there he is. And he's kind of fat or he's fine. You know, I saw... I saw D-list celebrity. I saw a beaver movie in the theater, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> a, yeah, it was a beaver movie, the biggest damn movie you'll ever there see. There were no dams in the one I saw. They didn't make a dam. <laughs> Did you feel That's dirty gross. after you watched it, Ryan? Like you maybe shouldn't have been watching it in a room full of other guys. Um, we were like a little community. Was okay. Bits there? <laughs> That's how we met. Yeah. <laughs> Was Jerry yeah. Masters there? Mathers. <laughs> Mathers. No, I'm not going to remember it. You know, I think the reason I know even that Jerry Mathers was the beaver and what he's like and stuff is because he was on it. He played himself on an episode of Married with Children when I was a kid. Oh. And I remember it was sort of a self-deprecating guest spot where it was like kind of like lame that he was the beaver or whatever. Um, That's a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. But... He, I, I mean, you look at, you look at, um. Uh, Jerry Mathers IMDb page, and he certainly um, you know, has a, a fairly lengthy page, but uh, he is definitely an actor who really did not escape Leave It to Beaver. Well, he was like, like his seven years his old biggest, or something on TV. Well, yeah, and his biggest credit is you know the two hundred and thirty five episodes of Leave It to Beaver, mm-hmm. and then That's so many the. In in the eighties, they had the new Leave It to Beaver. I vaguely remember that. Which you know, you kind of are like, oh, whatever. It's an eighties like cash in on an old property kind of thing. That ran for a hundred and one episodes. Are you shitting me? You know what? I bet it was one of those syndicated shows where mm-hmm. each season was like forty five episodes or something. You know, like Mama's Family, where there wasn't a network it was on. It was like. They just made a shitload and would play them every day, and it was cheap. You know, there's a couple shows like that. That's my guess about why there's so much of that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, he had a hard time escaping, I think, that role. Um, yeah, I my my experience with uh, Leave it to Beaver is similar to yours, Ryan. I watched it, I think, mainly on Nick at Night as a kid. Um my dad, I, I, I associate it with one of those things that my dad always liked, and I dad think my, liked Beaver. Yeah, my dad loved the Beaver, mm. and, and though I also have always kind of associated, like I don't think he, I think he liked it ironically, like <laughs> uh-huh. at a time when that was like he liked it because it was kind of cheesy and idealized yep. and ah shucks, like he wasn't like this is a great show and we should all learn these morals. Sure. It was more like you know. This is this is kind of funny because this isn't how life was. Kind of. They had irony back then. Apparently, they did. That's uh, nice. Austin's then, dad was the first hipster. I yeah. know. <laughs> did your dad like grow a really stupid mustache and then watch Leave It to Beaver all the time? <laughs> no, but he totally had like a seventies porn stash when he got married. Is he wearing a shirt at his wedding that says "Mustache Rides Free"? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was under all of that uh, ruffles. Austin, why weren't we invited to your dad's wedding? Yeah, what the fuck, Austin? <laughs> what the fuck? Come I'm on! I'm so insulted, Austin, that you didn't invite us to your dad's wow, wedding before you were born. Not. When this whole time travel thing gets figured out, it'll be the first thing we do. <laughs> so, Austin. That would be fun. So, Austin, 
Yo. When your father made love to your mother, producing you. Right. Did he have that big porno mustache? Uh, I don't know if he did or not, because it would have been a few years after their marriage. So That's where I want to go back for a stop in the time machine. To my conception? That's where the, that would yeah. be my first stop. I would watch Austin's parents have sex <laughs> when they conceived him. <laughs> Every time they've yeah. ever done it. No, just, I no, just, just once. Just, just as far time. as I'm concerned, that was approximately two times. Because <laughs> you have a brother. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like you, Carol, I have a hard time separating my knowledge of Leave it to Beaver with, like, what I gleaned from watching it and what has just, like, penetrated my consciousness because it's just such an entrenched part of pop culture now. Right. The opening credit music. To leave it to Beaver is so incredible and iconic. Mm -hmm. Leave it to Beaver. Starring Barbara Billingsley, Hugh Beaumont, Tony Dow, and And the voiceover, the whole, it's like, I remember as a kid watching Leave it to Beaver, like, the, when I was, because I'd heard of it, and finally, like, it being on and checking it out, and it's kind of, it's kind of like those cartoons from the 80s, where they spent a lot of money on the opening sequence, <laughs> and then the show itself always looked kind of crappy. You mean Thundercats? You're talking about Thundercats. I'm, ta- Thundercats. I'm, I'm talking about all That's of them, of like, them. every Disney cartoon, <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot, but, um... That opening is so appealing and, like, iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just this peppy little tune. And, like, the voice, and Jerry Mathers adds the beaver. And there's, like, a little sequence. And it changes every season, I think, too. Oh, for real? Yeah. But that's, like, the OG, like, uh, so-and-so as so-and-so. And then they kind of look at the camera and smile. Uh-huh. or You know, that's, like, I think that's the first one of those. Uh, yeah, it could be. I don't honestly know. But Austin. Yeah. Why is it called Leave it to Beaver? <laughs> okay, so let's see. He's called the Beaver because he cleaved his mom's beaver. So how does Leave it to Beaver tie into that? It's up to him. To make his way through life? I don't know. It's like about the fate of humanity, I think. Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> like when the apocalypse comes, this kid is gonna be the the ambassador of humanity. To... Like the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> he's like the John Connor of nineteen fifty seven. All right, okay. all right. <laughs> so uh, let's dive into the episode here. Let's get, in it. let's get in that beef. After after that uh, iconic and catchy opening. Uh, we open with uh, the Beeves' older brother, Wally, heading out to shoot some hoops after a whole routine of with his parents about how, like, if some girl calls, um, be standoffish on his behalf. <laughs> and then uh, Beaver goes outside shortly thereafter. So and that's, that's well, what constitutes a scene in the 1960s. <laughs> so Wally's playing hard to get, is my understanding. Yeah, that's the general idea here. Okay. 
Um, meanwhile, Beaver's dad, Ward's pants, are pulled up to somewhere around his sternum area. Yeah. Um, in a great bit of, of uh, 1960s fashion. Uh, he's also wearing a cardigan uh, dress pants and sternum hugging so, uh, ensemble, and I legit love that cardigan. So fucking cool! What a fucking gangster! He looks amazing. <laughs> they are both dressed so fancy. Like in all my home, time. I dress like shit all the time. Yeah, me too. That's I why we get along, able Carol. To wear robes outside. You aren't. I have. Still. I have a note later about the fact that Ward has dinner just with his family like his wife and his two sons like no company or anything wearing like a full suit and tie yeah i just just love it (laughs) why would you do it that's like some sometimes i talk to other cartoonists who work from home and i'm like do you wear clothes when you're working and they're like (laughs) yeah and i'm like why they like get dressed to go to work but they're at home like carol you when you eat at home with your partner you guys are wearing probably nothing you're in your underwear or you're wearing like a sack like a burlap sack it definitely depends on the season and if it's warm enough uh, he's more of a nudist than me frankly (laughs) 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 and we're right in the in-between spring where you know the hedgehog isn't quite poking out of the hole you can see it if you look fast so Austin, like when you eat dinner with your wife and child, yeah, children, you put on a suit and a tie. I do not. Oh. Um, I I do try to have pants on when eating in front of. Oh, you know, pardon me, La Dida, king <laughs> of pants over here thinks he's better. I didn't realize I was well, doing it's... a podcast with the Queen of England. <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> um, that and that's one of those things that I wonder, like. Did, is that how, like, a certain type of suburban family, like, would the dad come home from work where he wore a suit and just keep wearing the suit for dinner? Maybe. Or is that one of those, like, idealized things created for this TV show? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people talk about how uh, the on the occasions that you see Beaver's parents' bedroom, they have, like, the two twin beds oh, yeah. separated by a nightstand. Because her beaver is ruined. Yeah, because the beaver cleaved the shit out of that. Yeah, you can't get back in there. <laughs> and because, like, the the FCC standards at the time, like, you couldn't even imply that a married couple slept in the same bed on TV. That's crazy. But but there's probably people from later generations who would watch Leave it to Beaver and be like, oh man, back in the 60s, husbands and wives didn't even sleep in the same bed. And it's like, yeah, they did. That was just a convention of stupid TV ethics at the time. I mean, sometimes it's nice to have your own bed. Oh, to- I'm not saying no one has ever done it. I'm just saying it's probably not, it's not a staple of suburban life. And so then it makes me wonder, like, what other elements of this show that we might assume were a staple mm. of 60s suburban life actually were and what were just like TV bullshit. Well, from what I know of Mad Men, they would have been drinking a lot more in yeah. June's house probably, unless they're teetotalers, towers. It's fine. Maybe, maybe they are. It's like a hyper-conservative world, though. It's like a world what where... It is, which is why all of the hyper-conservative people nowadays want to go back to it. Mm. Let's push the beds apart. Yay. So exactly. what what I'm understanding is that you can't imply that married people sleep in the same bed, but you can show a 
dirty drunk. He's actually a fairly clean and well put together. He's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) He's just really sad. He's got that sad clown hobo thing. He's dead now, and I'm glad he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, so we go outside. uh, We follow the beaver outside, and he's just sitting on the front steps singing an old folksy song. That was eerie. That would fucking creep me out. And it bookends it. That seems yeah. like it seems like Beaver's gonna murder someone or something the way he's singing that song to himself. Yeah, he's and, singing my he's singing my darling Clementine, and it totally sounds like something Buffalo Bill would sing while he's stitching together yeah. his like human suit. What's that movie with the love-hate knuckles? Yeah, The Night of the Hunter. That's what I was just going to say. It's just like The Night of the Hunter, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, also on the creep factor is Beaver looks up and there's just some, like, old creepy dude watching him from the sidewalk. And he's like, hey, young man, you sing pretty well. I thought this was totally going to be a Stranger Danger episode. I know. Let's just. I mean, in your defense, (laughs) we watch a lot of episodes about child molestation. It's very popular. I mean, if if I hadn't had a heads up that this was a booze episode from you, I would have made that assumption. (laughs) Instead, it turns out that this creepo watching a young boy from the sidewalk is an old friend of Ward's, and he is... uh, He's there to see Beaver's dad, but uh, June Cleaver has some misgivings about him, but she doesn't want to speak of it in front of the Beaver. Mm-hmm. So War goes outside, and Andy is the creepy guy's name. He he tries to hit him up for a job painting the trim on his house, and this is where we see the paint stains on his sweater are his resume of, oh, I painted this color on this house and this color on that house. (laughs) They're all shades of gray. They are all shades of gray to our eyes. I saw that he painted 50 shades of gray. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, He sounded just like B. Arthur there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even have a joke. I just, I'm like, here's the name of a thing. I'm sorry. I'm ashamed. And so then, uh, Ward wants to help Andy, but he's a little reluctant, and he asks him about his, quote, problem, which Andy says he hasn't had in five or six months, give or take a day. And I kind of feel like give or take a day is not the correct answer to give there. He's like, did I face five or six months? I meant two and a half hours. <laughs> um, I want to say, uh, usually we save these or later, but... I thought this whole thing was extraordinarily well done. It was so much more sophisticated than I ever imagined it would be in its presentation and in its reasoning. Mm -hmm. Because it's like this episode, because it's kind of about kids and understanding things, but it's also like a story about the dad. What's the dad's name? Ward. It's like about Ward dealing with his old drunk friend. (laughs) <laughs> He's just never gonna get his shit together, you know. It's and that's like a yeah. And I kind of love how all throughout this Ward is very well intentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he he wants to he wants to help this guy. He wants to give him like another chance and another chance. I mean, to 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 a fault. And and June just sits back like throwing shade at this guy, and she's right to do so because it all kind of turns out shitty. But um. 
I liked that dynamic between them. You're right, it is much more sophisticated than you would expect from well, it, 1960s Leave It to Beaver. It felt real, because it was like, how yeah. do you handle, as you get older, how do you handle your friend who's like a fuck-up, who's only going to hurt himself if you help him, but if you don't help him, he has nothing. And like, uh, and then bringing your kids into it, and how do we expose kids to things, and how are we harming kids by not telling them about realities? Like, all that shit is in here. It's like very well done. It's smart. It's, the f- I'm going to say it's the smartest, very special episode that we have watched, I think, in terms of, like, actually being applicable to real, it felt like real life to me. Yeah, for that reason, I found it the saddest. They ended up getting yeah. really good morose cord. <laughs> well, and this is not to, not to belittle the plight of child molestation, but I <laughs> That's all like... we do. <laughs> <laughs> but I we... feel like... This is also one of those topics that, like, a lot of kids probably encounter more often than not. Mm-hmm. Like, dealing with child molestation is, like, a huge, like a much bigger issue, I think. But, like, there's probably, in terms of, like, quantity over quality, lots of kids probably have to deal with drunks in their life and trying to learn how to navigate that and what that means and... Carol, do you have like a lot or any, do you have any off that they can think of off the top of your head? Like things that happen when you're a kid that you look back as a, as an adult and you're like, oh. Oh, like drunk adults? Yeah, like uh, your parents took you to a party and you're like, oh, we're just watching a movie in the back room and every time we came <laughs> out it was really weird. Like, <laughs> Oh, you know, just. Just my parents' divorce, probably. <laughs> Just years of your life. <laughs> that old hat. Well, the big takeaway in this scene that starts laying the groundwork for our, our very special lesson is that uh, after Andy leaves, Beaver's like, Hey, Dad, what's his trouble that you asked him about euphemistically? And Ward's like, Never you mind, Beaver. Yeah, they dance around this trouble stuff so often. It probably is something to do with the era and being conservative and what people were doing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. It does make you think that his trouble can be anything. Like, what if he had a really bad period once a year? Yeah, and he, like a menstrual period? Yeah. <laughs> and he just couldn't work for a little while, and that uh-huh. was his trouble. And so he was like, I haven't had it for five and six months, so he's still got like a good five or six more months before it comes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he's intersexual spectrum, and he's got like just a uterus. You can you can have more than one set of stuff. Well, then I would object to him being portrayed as so sad, you know? Yeah, it was sad. It was a... He was just really a person that had troubles. Just the way he would say anything. He could say any sentence, and you could tell that his heart was breaking. <laughs> it was a really good performance. Yeah, yeah. Do we know the guy, Austin? Uh, let's see. His name is, uh, I believe, Wendell Holm. Oh, mm. that's sad. That's a sad name. I know. That'll make yeah, you drink. We- yeah, Wendell Holmes is the actor's name. Um, He... Uh, worked into the early 60s. Um, nothing really jumped out at me as anything too notable. Um, well, I guess the one notable thing is that he was on five episodes of Leave It to Beaver playing three different characters. Oh, oh. shit. He's one of those guys. So he was, prior to playing Andy the Drunk, he was Mr. T.J. Willett, and after playing Andy, 
the drunk, he was Mr. Blair. He's like the Peter O'Toole of Leave it to Beaver. Yes. Um, But I did find it kind of interesting. The first credit uh, on his IMDb page dates to 1941. Which is like the first thing ever filmed. (laughs) Yeah, not quite. Is it just like like footage of trains? Him in front of a train. Like, (gasps) oh. <laughs> it's actually something called Always Tomorrow, the Portrait of an American Business. Oh, that's a porno. In which he played an uncredited bottler. It's a beaver picture. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as we're IMDBing, we should probably also point out that uh Ward Cleaver is played by Hugh Beaumont, uh, who uh did a lot of old like 40s and 50s sci-fi horror beats. Oh, cool. Yeah, before he did this, like, when you look him up on IMDb, like, his top four known fours are, like, totally cool 40s gangster B-picks and stuff. Oh, cool. Like, the mole people and oh. I love that victim. shit. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, too, uh, while he's played by Tony Dow, did he do anything else? Uh, I don't believe he did anything Good. of much. Uh, I feel like yeah. I feel like he talks like he's like going to a costume party where you're supposed to pretend that you're rich or something, and he's trying <laughs> to be in character. Like, oh yeah, dad, oh yeah, I'm rich. Or something. Like that's how he sounds. He was, of course, in all 101 episodes of the new Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> busy, and uh, he made an appearance in. Dickie Roberts, former oh. child star. Oh, shit. I should watch that. He must be pretty old now. Yeah, he, uh, when was he born? 1945. Is Jerry Mathers dead? No. I don't think so. I feel like he's dead. Well, he's not, like, alive, like, living well. Probably. Do you want Do you want me to get the crack research team on this? Uh, no, they, it does not appear that he is, he is deceased. He was born in... 1948 and uh i don't see any indication that he was dead that he's dead i'm i still bet that he is and then of course uh wally and the beeves mom june cleaver is played by barbara billingsley uh who if you don't know her from leave it to beaver or the new leave it to beaver you probably know her as nanny from muppet baby oh shit. no way you just blew my mind. Uh, she was also the jive lady in Airplane. Oh, oh, she was great in that. Which, of course, that whole, like, the joke of the jive lady is that it's playing against her right. fame as the totally straight-laced square mom on Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, the whitest woman in television history. Oh, she's in Back to exactly. the Beach. Oh, wait, that's Jerry Mathers. We should watch Back to the Beach. I love that shit. Does that have Pee Wee Herman in it? Yeah, it does. I watched that in the theater. Yeah, let's do it. It's like, it's the 80s Frankie and Annette movie. Like, they made a, yeah. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, So, back to the episode. Uh, The Cleavers are having dinner. This is where we see that Ward eats his family dinners in full suit and tie regalia. And uh, we get some more of the bullshit with Wally and his playing it cool with his lady friend. Yeah, and that never even goes anywhere. I don't know. No, really, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know what the whole point of it is. Um, and then Ward's like, so June, did you see what a great job Andy's doing with that trim? And June's like, yeah, but he's still a drunk. He's a dirty uh, drunk. 
And Wally's like, hey, I kind of remember when this Andy guy was creeping around our house when I was a kid, but then he wasn't anymore. And June's like, so does Andy still have his problem? And Ward's like, don't talk about his problem in front of the boys. Yeah. And then we go to the, he sends them into the kitchen to take their plates away. And when they're in the kitchen, they're like, what do you think Wally's problem is? And they're like, I don't know, but it must be pretty neat if they don't want it done around us. Yeah, that was a weird scene. It yeah. was mean it, when they made him take their plates away. Like, just tell them what drinking and fucking is. <laughs> I think that was around when I noticed, yeah, that there's not a lot of jokes on this. And yeah, is, no, it's just a lot of stuff that happens. Is this like a more serious, is there usually more jokes than this? I don't remember. I think in general, this was never a show that was like laugh out loud funny. That they... They went for the chuckle more than the guffaw, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then uh, we go back to the dining room where the boys are now absent. And Ward and June are thus able to discuss Andy's problem with the veil lifted. And this is the point at which we, the audience, learn that he's an alcoholic. And then we spit and... out our drinks. Oh. <laughs> and we go, why, I never. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and June's like, you know, well, I don't want this dirty drunk around the boys. And Ward's like, well, it's important that we protect the boys, but I want to help Andy help himself at the same time. Yeah, it's a hard, it's hard being a responsible man. It is. <laughs> so then we cut out to the outside where Andy is sharing some stories of his time in the Navy with the beaver. And frankly, I might be more worried about that than the booze stuff. Right. Yeah, Andy's a fucking creep. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't want him drunk or not. I wouldn't want him hanging out talking about a monkey's paw all the time. A monkey's fist. A monkey's fist. To be a special sailor or not. That. Yeah. Best possible outcome. It was weird that they kept you in the dark about that. He kept being like, Beaver, I'm making you a monkey's fist. And you're like, ew, I don't know what it is, but it makes me feel weird. And then it's like. And then it's like a knot, which I guess is okay, but I still didn't feel okay, okay about it. <laughs> so, so that Beaver tells Andy that while his parents may say he has troubles, Beaver doesn't think there's anything wrong with Andy. And so then Andy sadly and forlornly removes a gigantic bottle of hooch from his back pocket and proceeds to dump it in the shrubbery of the house because he is so moved by beaver's faith in him so can i get some clarity from you guys sure so because andy claimed he hadn't been drinking for five or six months right (laughs) Uh so uh, am i to understand that he was lying about that and because this was a mostly empty bottle of hooch so he had he hasn't had he hasn't had that bottle for six months right no, I, I'm fairly, it's unclear how much time passed between being hired and this scene. Though, at the same time, I'm like, how much fucking trim is there to paint? It's not like he's painting the whole house. The they got beaver a big has house. a lot of trim, Austin. It takes forever <laughs> to trim the beaver. <laughs> but uh, So I guess my assumption was that he went out and bought this bottle of hooch no. sometime after getting the job. See, what's going on here? Later, slight spoiler, they're going to find that empty bottle of hooch in the bush. What he does is he keeps bottles of hooch in people's bushes, Mm -hmm. and he drinks them from town to town. And this is one from 10 years ago. And if he just cleared it up, then 
Then the boys wouldn't have found it. No, but he he pulled it out of his back pocket, didn't he? Yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure he did. But he had it in a bush earlier, maybe. Maybe so. he has, you're saying he has bottles of hooch up and down stashed throughout town. Mm-hmm. And so he had picked this one up on his way over to Ward's house. Yeah. And then also okay. he likes to drink paint. I <laughs> guess what I'm asking is that are we to understand that he's been drinking or that he's contemplating drinking again? I took it to mean that he had been drinking. Like very recently. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go the other way then. That he just had it in his pocket slash bush for, you know, up to years. But he was gonna, but it took the little boy to make him not want to right now. When I look at that kid's face, I want to drink. Yeah. (laughs) And of course his hooch is in the, the, like, paper bag, which is another one of those moments where I'm like, was that really how things were, <laughs> or is that just a deep No, dude, convention? brown bagging it is timeless. They've been brown bagging it since the Crusades. That's true. Although we don't know it was a brown bag. It was just a gray bag to us. <laughs> <laughs> it was a grainy old gray bag. And so I totally thought when he, like, like, when he dumped out the bottle and then threw the bottle in the bush that it was just, like, a dramatic moment. But to your point, Ryan, about how this is more sophisticated than you would think, they actually follow up on that in the next scene Mm -hmm. where Beaver's out in the garage putting away Andy's paints. And then Wally comes in and he's like, hey, Wally, check out this empty bottle I found in the bushes. What do you think it is? And Wally's like, I don't know. And at first I was going to ding Wally for being like, the lamest teenager for not knowing what a booze bottle looks like. Yeah. But then he smells it and he's immediately like, oh, that's whiskey. That's totally whiskey. I'm like, all right, Wally, you're kind of a cool kid. Yeah, he's he's been around. Is there a connection between his his knowledge of booze and this girl that he's given the run around? Oh, shit, you guys. <laughs> Wally totally got that girl pregnant. That's the oh. subtext. That's why he's giving her the run around and he like, wants her to think he's kind of mad. And he won't talk to her. That's all. Oh, Mic drop that on could that. Be. But just when I'm about to be like, Wally, you're a stand-up dude. <laughs> Beaver's like, that whiskey sure smells awful. Why would adults want to drink it? And Wally's like, well, all whiskey smells awful. I'm like, shut up, Wally. Shut up, you're, Wally. You're a jerk. You just <laughs> haven't had the good. You're just drinking well whiskey, Wally. Yeah, exactly. And they do a whole, like, uh... Why, you know, why do adults drink? Because it makes things more like they drink at parties and well, parties are fun. And Wally says, like, adults have a harder time making fun, having fun, which it's is true. A surprisingly sophisticated commentary from yeah, Wally. I felt like, very camouflage. I know. I don't just stand outside and sing uh, weird, creepy songs. <laughs> but just I- the, just the general notion of like. You know, Beaver's childlike innocence saying, like, but they're at a party. Why wouldn't just being at the party be fun? And then Wally's like, well, because when you're an adult, sometimes you need a little help to have some fun. I'm like, he's not wrong. It, you do need some help sometimes. No, it Daddy was insightful. a lot of help. Uh, so we go back inside where Ward and June are doing some dishes while they mock Wally's love life. <laughs> and Ward is... Once again, uh, trying to rub June's face in how awesome his booze hound friend's paint job is. 
and June's like, do you think maybe we should tell the boys that we have a shiftless alcoholic hanging around the house? And Ward's like, no, he and Beaver are such good friends that I wouldn't want to disillusion Beaver. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I do think it's a good question of, like, what do you shield your children from and what do you expose them to, you know? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the central question at the the core of this episode. And it, at the it beaver is, table. At the beaver table. Yeah, at the dam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Beaver comes home from school and June has to go pick up Ward from work because they need an excuse to get both parents out of the house, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and then we get what I guess I would charitably call the episode's soul attempt at doing something just for the sake of, quote, comedy, which is that his mom slices him off a piece of cake and is like, here's some cake and there's some milk in the fridge and make sure you clean up when you're done. And then he cleans up by, like, putting the empty milk cart milk bottle back in the fridge and then putting his empty glass back in the fridge yeah what a piece of shit he puts (laughs) like his he puts his dirty plate like in a drawer yeah what a shitty kid not the like just a random drawer he just shoves it in there it's just like with the silverware or something yeah and it's long too that's the other thing is she's like oh have some milk with your cake and then he just drinks the whole glass of milk. It's like 30 seconds of just yeah, watching. Yeah, it. We're all we're doing is watching a child actor drink a glass. Of milk. And then like he's cleaning up and it's jokes. And it's like it's sort of physical comedy, but it's like the mildest physical comedy I've ever seen where it's like there's no comedic performance. He's just doing dumb things. And that also takes a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's like a really it's slow only, scene. Yeah, it's the only part of the episode where I'm like, this was them just doing something for the sake of comedy. Yeah. Not that funny, but maybe it was back then. I don't know. Maybe it's hilarious that this dumbass kid who just got free cake from his mom puts a plate in a drawer. Was he going to have to pay for the cake from his mom? <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, I wish when I came home from work, cake was waiting for me. I agree with that. I'm not going to argue about that, Austin. <laughs> and so then Andy comes in and he's like, Gee whiz, Andy, I can't just stand around watching you paint today like I apparently have every other day because I'm going to go play with friends like a normal boy. Because that's and... what he liked to do was watch paint dry. Yeah, seriously, like that's what he has apparently been doing <laughs> when when not getting monkey's fists from Andy. Uh, and so then Andy's like, whatever, kid, I don't fucking care if you watch me paint because what I really want right now is a drink. And Beaver's like, OK, here's a glass of water. And, yeah, uh, this this whole part where he, like, coaxes Beaver into giving him booze is very unsettling to me. So well done. So unsettling. So uncomfortable. It, it is well it done. Is it is very does, uncomfortable. It feels like it's from, like, an in, an indie movie or something. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. <laughs> the vibe like, of it. Aunt, Andy dances around it. He's like, I want a drink. Well, something a little bit harder than water. Oh, well, how about some punch? Well... I didn't, I, I meant harder, like a drink drink, and Beaver's just not getting it. And it, it is, it's it's uncomfortable because Andy just isn't coming right out and saying it, and Beaver's kind of not getting it. And He doesn't even know what a drink is. His parents don't even fuck. Right. It's well, they don't apparently have any booze in the house either. Except for except Christmas. This, like, bottle of brandy that Ward has, that he, like, got as a gift at Christmas. 
that I think was interesting because, like, I mean, granted, I've been drinking, but <laughs> I don't especially appreciate a narrative that's like you can never drink ever. Um, I think it should be a lesson of moderation. Right. And I thought it was a little much that Dad Beaver never drinks ever, like that there's no booze anywhere. Yeah. Right, and and even in, like, the Beaver's point of reference is that this Christmas brandy gets poured over the cake at Christmas. Yeah. So I guess it's like a rum cake kind of a thing. Yeah. And so it's like, it's it's not just that he only has, like, one bottle of booze in the house, but that he doesn't even drink that booze. Like, he uses it as a cooking ingredient more so than as, like, an actual drink. Yeah, like, that. the extent of his drinking is cake on christmas that has booze poured on it right right and then after a lot of back and forth we finally get around to a point where andy is begging a small child for a drink and it's yeah. kind of sad it's way sad sad yeah it would have been better if he if the beaver had made him like dance for quarters or something <laughs> yeah. how dry i am that would have been then, awesome uh, and then Andy genuinely seems sorry about having done this. And then Beaver, of course, is like, no need to apologize. Lots of people don't like cake. Because that was a great line. Because refused cake earlier. <laughs> You're just kind of Except like. Except who doesn't I, like cake? <laughs> Come on. That's a bullshit line. I don't believe it. But I got to say, again, the pathos of Andy like that, it truly pains him to finagle beaver into bringing him booze like he doesn't feel good about it he's really hurting inside you get the idea that he's he's consumed by his his addiction and he's like i can't not drink but he also feels bad about having to beg this kid for it Mm -hmm. and so he really is just like stuck between two really bad options yeah it's awesome it's well done Mm mm-hmm and the other the other thing that jumped out at me um, that's unintentional at all is just the fact that Beaver was just left home alone at this point. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm never quite sure exactly how old he's supposed to be at this point, but based on some of, like, the dumb stuff he says, I would imagine he's probably under the age of 10. He's probably around 10. I think one thing about Beaver is that his parents don't love him. Oh, because of what he did to Jimmy Because he destroyed Beaver? their sex life. The moment he was born. Yeah, that's why they sleep in separate beds, because that thing's never getting repaired. <laughs> but it's just one of those very, like, for as much as Leave it to Beaver is held up as, like, by some people as sort of the idealized conservative family values sort of presentation. Mm-hmm. There's something like leaving this small child home alone that a lot of those same people may not be comfortable with nowadays. Ah, the old days of parenting, right? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, Ty, I get it. I get why it is. Your times were different. People are more aware of, of the dangers in the world now and things like that. But it's still just sort of interesting that this generally conservative, morally, uh, show has some behaviors in it that morally conservative people nowadays would object to. Mm-hmm. And that it's all just kind of incidental to everything that's going on. 
Anyway, uh, next scene, Ward gets a call from Andy, who's basically like, well, I fell off the wagon and I fell off it hard, so I am not going to be in for work. And Ward's like, you just take care of yourself. And June still wants to keep all of this from Beaver, even though Wally has kind of cottoned into what's going on. He calls Ward and he's like, remember that faith you had in me? (laughs) 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 Fool me 15 times. And then, Shame on uh, me. and then June sort of walks away and there's a great line where Ward thanks her for not saying I told you so. And I thought that was sharp for this era. Do you I think guess. do you think they have a pretty good marriage? Well, aside from the whole never having sex thing, probably. Yeah, yeah they seem pretty good. I like when they wash dishes together too. Yeah. Yeah. Did that so already be- happen? Yeah. Uh, just about that part, the part I liked about it, since I'll drag it all the way back, is when she's like, what is a monkey's fist anyway? And, then <laughs> and he's like, starts, I'll show you later. Yeah, I'll <laughs> show you rather than tell. No, he starts like describing all this like boat stuff. Oh, that's and right. She and she like, straight up gets away. bored and walks away. And I'm like, that's really relatable to me. <laughs> no, that was awesome. That was fantastic. Yeah, he like, he just goes on and on before he even realizes that she's left the room. She's like, uh, I so- don't give no fucks. <laughs> but you and your damn nautical knots. Over it. Carol, I can't stop staring at the koala bear on your shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For all our listeners out there. <laughs> uh, so Beaver comes home and they're like, this this old guy whom you're strangely attracted to will not be coming back for a while. <laughs> Why do you like old men? And Beaver cottons onto the idea that something significant is wrong. And this is where I really feel bad for the kid because his fucking parents are still not filling him in. Mm-hmm. Like, he's at least figured out that there's more going on here than just like, oh, he's sick. But they're still like, oh, we can't tell him. We can't tell him. So then he goes upstairs and he pesters Wally for the info. Wally's kind of a doofus about the whole thing. Well, they tell Wally to keep his trap shut. The parents are like, keep your fucking mouth shut, Wally. And Wally's like, I can't fucking do that. And Wally's like, gee, dad, I don't know. So he tells, (laughs) Wally tells the beaver that Andy fell off a ladder because he was drinking whiskey. Does he mean the ladder of sobriety? That's what I wasn't clear on. Dude, that was a sharp metaphor. I knew it. <laughs> well, but that's what I, I'm like. Do they mean like the wagon? falling off a ladder is like falling off a wagon? Or do they literally mean like that's why he can't come into work because he hurt himself because he drunkenly fell off a ladder? Yeah, that sounds even worse, actually. I just I wasn't sure how to take that. But but either way, that's Wally tells him that that's what Andy's trouble is. And then Beaver puts two and two together and he says, is Brandy like whiskey? And Wally mm. says, it sure is. And that's when Beaver realizes that he gave Andy the booze that led to his either metaphoric or literal falling off of a ladder. Dun, dun, dun. I also love that uh, before Beaver goes upstairs to talk to Wally, June says, I need to go get dinner ready. And then he goes upstairs and he talks to Wally. And as they're talking, 
Ward's like, boys, come down for dinner. And I was like, shit, June whipped up that dinner fast. Yeah, they call it good. supper. It kind of weirds I me out. I hate that like, word. Supper's that's ready. Y'all come get too. this supper. How's the supper? That's yeah, like I hate it too. That's my word. I hate it. I'm glad. That's why we all get along because we all hate that word. There <laughs> Don't was you a, dare. Don't you there, dare say supper. There was a couple of quotes that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. So uh, when everyone's, everyone in the family agrees to cover for Andy and not tell the beaver, and Wally's like, gosh, Dad, I'm going to tell him. And he is like that. His dad, Dad Beaver, is like, I think it would be better if you just said nothing at all. Which is really awesome. It's good advice in many situations. His dad's really uh, passive aggressive. I think he's very direct, actually. And then the other one is when Beaver comes home and he's like, something's wrong, right? No one will tell him. And then the parents are like, just run upstairs like a good boy. And he's <laughs> like, every time you tell me that, some shit's all fucked up, you know? And that was interesting, like, 1960s repression. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's they're getting ready. The tide of uh, repression is about to be toppled in the next few years. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I like those quotes. Uh, so then at dinner... <laughs> The beaver reveals that Wally folded faster than Superman on laundry day and filled him (laughs) in on what's going on. And then Ward continues to stick up for Andy, laying the blame squarely on whomever sold Andy his first drink of the day. Dun, dun, dun. Which, of course, is meant to, like, make Beaver feel even more shitty. But also, I'm like... At some point, Andy needs to be responsible for his own actions. Yeah, there are stores that sell. You can. I mean, come on. Is it every bartender's fault for every? Right. Town? If a guy walks in the bar and says, "You know, give me some whiskey. Here's some money." Uh, what's the bartender supposed to do? No, it's the bartender's fault. It's that employee's fault. It's all on them. I guess. So saith the king, Beavs. And so then Beaver's like, "No one sold him it. I gave it to him. He got it and- for free." And then Ward fucking lays into him. I mean, by Ward standards. He's like, he's you like, little fuck. <laughs> he says, don't you know that's the worst thing you could have done? And Beaver, to his credit, points out he didn't know. I know. Because his parents keep being fucking cryptic about what the fuck is going on. It was a really good discussion. I know. Well, it's, what's not real is that the dad is like, oh, shit. No, you're right. Right. Beaver straight up calls him on his bad parenting. Yeah, and he, and then that's where, I mean, Ward more or less looks at the camera and says, you can't protect anyone by hiding the truth from them. Yeah. Which was pretty which awesome. Is, which is more or less uh, the lesson of, of the episode there. Yeah. And Beaver's like, well, I wouldn't have done it if I'd known that he was a booze hound. And Ward admits that he was wrong and that he should have filled him in and he can't, uh, uh, you know keep it you know could he made things worse by keeping beaver in the dark in 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 his own interests yeah it's pretty interesting but here's an alternative beaver's like oh i didn't sell him that booze i gave it to him i think beaver should have sold him that booze that's true he could have gotten like five dollars he was desperate he'd have paid top dollar for that bottle of christmas hooch that's why jerry mathers is broke now And then uh, I love the line where uh, after Beaver's like, you know, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't know, like I, I couldn't have known what was going on because you didn't fill me in, and uh, 
you know, Ward's like, oh, well, if, if you had known, then you wouldn't have done it. And Beaver says, sure, I know what to do if I know stuff. Good. Which is a good, which is a good Beaver line. He's a good and this boy. is, this is also where Wally says the term a scared. He's like, you don't need to be a scared of telling us things. <laughs> Did he really say that? He totally, I went back and listened to it a couple of times. And he's like, gee whiz, guys, you don't need to be a scared of telling us things. Well, sure, Dad. I know what to do if I know stuff. Heck yeah. You and Mom shouldn't be as scared to tell us things. That's weird. We should yeah. bring that back. That's good slang. We should bring back a scared. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, somebody's got to tell us about all of the bad things in the world. And that's why I was like, wow, it's like the kids are teaching the parents. Yeah. And then they're like, kids, let me tell you about imperialism. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, again, this, the the whole notion of like upending the paradigm and having the parents learning a lesson from the kids. I mean, that's, that's sophisticated for 1960. Yeah. They're learning to be parents. I mean, even a lot of times, you know, some of the more simplistic 80s sitcoms didn't even go that route. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go back for our coda. We're outside, and Beaver's just kind of aimlessly wandering around outside, which is apparently what he does. And he's whistling a spooky and tune. He's whistling his serial killer song. He is. And Andy magically appears like some sort of creepy alcoholic genie. <laughs> and he's like, gee whiz, Beaver, I'm sorry I got you into trouble, and Beaver's like, it's all good. And Andy says that a fella can't hurt people who don't care. Only the ones who love him. Yeah, that shit was deep. And he's like, I've been hurting people all my life. And yeah, dude, he's a philosopher. He's a tortured soul. He's a self-aware alcoholic. And that's what makes you feel worse for him. Because he's like, he knows that he has this problem. He knows it's going to make him hurt people. But he doesn't know how to not do that right it's really poignant he's a tragic and he says that uh he says that beaver taught him something that an empty life and an empty bottle go pretty well together yeah think about that ryan well that's that's why i keep buying new bottles (laughs) (laughs) it's okay because apparently he's coming back tomorrow to finish up painting and finish up raiding Ward's limited supply of boots. I know, he won't be back. <laughs> I mean, he, God bless him, Ward is just giving this guy one chance after another. Did you see? Did you watch the credits? Because at, at, at the end of the credits, it was like, P.S., he choked on his own vomit that <laughs> night and he died. He comes back, but he comes back as a totally different man yep. and no one talks about it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> cleans up his act and comes back as Mr. Blair. So yeah, that's uh that's it. Any final thoughts on uh on the episode? we kind of talked about it already that it's surprisingly sophisticated for a 60s show and I would say it was sobering. Mm. Except that I'm a little drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely um Oh, that's what I'm looking for. Sobering. <laughs> Not stylized, but very... Antiquated? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's antiquated, very of its time. It's very... Yeah. Just like, again, there's not a lot of jokes. There's no laugh track. Well, there's a little bit of a laugh track. Well, so are you guys with me that I feel like this is a better 
discussion of the troubles within than most, if not all, of the special episodes we've watched so far. Are you guys feeling me on that? Mm-hmm. It was more about the issue. It wasn't histronic. It set you up for the kind of disappointment that you can have with an alcoholic instead of just, like, killing Chandler Bing on his first Dewey. Yeah, yeah and, like, it's, it's definitely more realistic in terms of its depiction of the problem and how the problem presents itself and how, you know, a kid may not pick up on it until it's too late and that the parent, you know, the parents may need to fill him in on what's happening. And yeah, it's a really stylized, idealized, like, 1950s vibe. The nuclear family, Americana, like you said mm-hmm. earlier. And it's just really interesting to see it all. I thought it was going to be a different kind of special episode twice. I thought he was going to be a molester in the opening scene. And then they were talking about this, like, kid who is a good ballerina. And I thought <laughs> that Andy was going to run her over her legs. Mm. <laughs> but that didn't oh, end up you were setting up for, like... Beaver was going to give him the booze, and then he yeah. was going like, to cripple Beaver's friend, and Beaver yeah. was going to have extra guilt. I'm like, she's going to get crippled. She's going to get it. Yeah. But no, they just mentioned her for no reason, which you wouldn't have even known about if I didn't just drop it now. But ultimately, it was very gorgeous and just of an era, and yeah, sophisticated. What about that girl that Wally got pregnant that he won't even answer her calls? <laughs> That's straight up Stone Cold Gangster, and she's going to get shipped away. She is. One, some of it is just like this feels very lived in mm-hmm. and it's it's very lackadaisical almost just in terms of like there is Beaver's friend that's training to be a ballerina and the whole weird you can't really even call it a subplot subplot with Wally cold shouldering this girl like that pregnant t- war. TV as it went along got a lot more economical in terms of like everything in it had to contribute to the plot or be a joke or move the episode along and so yeah and this is just kind of like shit that happens and there's a lot of you know we spend 30 seconds watching beaver drink a glass of milk and put dishes in a drawer and have just these sort of random asides and stuff where they're just like yeah no we'll get to our thing we got time it's cool and you just you don't see that in tv and i'm not necessarily even saying that it's a bad thing we don't see that in tv pointing out we don't see that anymore yeah. but yeah I mean this it, it's definitely a far cry from this rather sobering depiction of alcoholism and a bunch of teens singing wild thing and crashing a car <laughs> into a telephone pole and so good. spiraling into disaster as they try to sell names on Slater's jersey to make back the money but then he gets hurt because of the car accident and Zach loses his phone. Well, I guess that's what's kind of awesome about it is like usually a thing like this will be like oh, he drank and then he crashed his car or something like something immediate and tragic happens. Mm -hmm. But this Mm -hmm. is sort of about like the long slow lonely life (laughs) of being a drunk you know and like hurting sadness. Yeah and hurting everyone you love and feeling bad about it and like just feeling tired inside yeah i mean the biggest tragedy is beaver's complicity in in, inadvertent complicity in 
pushing Andy off the wagon. Like, well, and Beaver's I mean, like Andy. Sh- Andy is a tragic character, but he's already a tragic character. Mm-hmm. And and so then, like, the development is you know the way Beaver kind of falls into you know helps him along with that unintentionally, but which yeah. is a far cry from Chandler being dying in a car crash and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Carol, what yeah. was the most special moment for you? Uh, I'm going to say when Ju- when June Cleaver just walked away from her <laughs> husband when he got boring about that monkey knuckle. <laughs> monkey knuckle. Uh, Ryan, how about you? Most special moment. I think it was after Wally got that girl pregnant. And she, <laughs> and she called his house and they were like, Wally, the phone's ringing. He was like, Dad, tell her that I'm... <laughs> She was like, Wally, I just want you to meet your son. <laughs> and he's like, dumb, I'm not here. I'll push her down a flight of stairs. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that topic yet. He's like, I voted against abortion, but I want you to have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> put that in the opener. He talks like Thurston Howell the Third or something. His fucking voice. I hope you put some audio clips of it. It's fucking bizarre. Yeah, like, you I, can't even talks. do an accent of it. I thought I'd be able to, and I just lost all of it. So you're getting us close enough, Ryan. But mine sounds exactly there. like him. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, for me, I think the most special <laughs> moment was just when Ward sat down to dinner in his full suit and tie. Yeah, that was good. It he just didn't even like... unbutton his button. His no, he doesn't button. even like loosen his tie or take his jacket off. Or... Oh man, he's got his girdle on. <laughs> I think it would be uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, Ryan, where can we find you on the internet? Well, I have a website. It's oyesverynice.com. Uh, that's also my Twitter handle and my Instagram. And I have I. Do you guys ever get Facebook friend requests from people you don't know who they are and they probably listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, probably, yeah. Yeah, because I get some. I guess I could do a couple other things like art stuff, too, so I never know. I usually just approve people. But, oh, the point is that my Facebook, I just, I got a photo with RuPaul the other day. Yeah. And I made it my profile picture and I'm just excited about it. So what I thought. It cost Facebook. $60 and took five and a half hours. Dude, I waited in that line. <laughs> Like, you never have waited in a line like that, ever. You, the, your numbers made my face melt a little, but that I'm proud of rough. you, and the photo is beautiful. Well, I'll have the photo forever, you know. Mm-hmm. Did did RuPaul, quote-unquote, mock you for not knowing how to use your phone? <laughs> no, that was just Dustin Dime. Ru, RuPaul was just, like, asked me where I was from just to be polite and have a brief exchange. Right, but also I'll tell you that the line to meet RuPaul was significantly longer than the one to meet Dustin Diamond. No, even though you had to pay sixty bucks to do it. Yeah, I didn't have to pay anything to meet Dustin Diamond. Right, right. Uh, Carol, <laughs> where can we hear about your encounters with celebrities online? <laughs> oh, you can certainly hear about them first, probably on my Twitter, and that's at. Carolyn Maine, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. I'm also on Facebook and Tumblr, and there's carolynmaine.com. 
And also, now we just bought the URL from my board game, a card game. Oh. And that's pitchplease.fun, F-U-N. Because oh. <laughs> it was so much cheaper than .com. Mm. And anyways, the deck is so close to done. Not this week, but um, keep your smell out. Probably within like the next, next, next episode for keep, sure. Keep smelling for that keep card deck. Keep smelling your cuckoo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as for me, you can join me drinking Christmas hooch on Twitter <laughs> at Austin Gordon year round Christmas year round. hooch year round. Nice. Let's be clear on that. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter at Austin Gordon, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Uh, for our show, a very special episode. You can follow us on Twitter at avsepod. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com/avse. You can email us at avsepodcast at gmail.com, and we are uh, available uh, on iTunes and Android and Stitcher and Google Play and all that stuff. Um, all of your greater podcast uh, needs can be met by us. Rate and review us 100 <laughs> That sounded creepier than I meant it to. Uh, <laughs> yes, and rate and review us on iTunes. Just leave us the, however many stars they'll let you leave. Um don't I mean, even, even think it, about it. We don't well, want you to evaluate. I mean, we'll, we'll I just, be honest. We haven't earned all of those stars, but if you're going to take, if you like us enough to take the time to fill it out, just throw the extra stars at us. I just want to say, if you feel like you want to review us with less than five stars, I think it would be better if you just said nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> just leave us. Just leave go us in the dark. Away. It, would, it would just be, just be better to, to leave us in the dark and just um, run upstairs like a good boy instead take your cooch and move on to the next town ask your ask your doofy older brother how many stars you think we should get (laughs) Um, and a very special episode is also a part of the river city podcast federation uh you can go to rivercitypodcastfederation.com and find uh similar shows in terms of uh pop culture content and humor style and whatnot (laughs) Uh, featuring people that you may have heard and or will be hearing uh, on our show in uh, in certain episodes. So check that out as well. For a very special episode, I am Austin Gordon, reminding you to never keep the beaver in the dark. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode. Chester pays us back the money he owes us. We're going to the movies. All right. Oh, um, if Mary Ellen Rogers calls, act like I'm kind of sore at her, but not enough to get her mad. Now, why would you want me to do that? Well, um, because she's a girl. You know how it is. So long, Mom. I don't know. Could be turpentine. Didn't smell like turpentine. I know what this is. It's whiskey. Smells awful. All whiskey smells awful.
Then why do people drink it? Well, uh, it's like when grown-ups have a party. They drink it to have a good time. Gee, if it's a party, don't they have a good time anyway? Well, grown-ups have a harder time having a good time than kids do. Chris and I'm Kyle McCormick. And we're the host of Reboot, Reboot Reuse, Recycle. Kyle, what's this podcast about? Well, Chris, in Reboot, Reuse, Recycle, me and you and a guest, usually a comedian of some kind, watch a movie and then it's remake, and then we goof on it. That we do, and we've had some great guests in the past. We've had Riley Silverman, Hutch Harris, Kate Willett. Uh, others. Justin Cousin. Justin Cousin. Uh, and uh, Portland greats like Caitlin Warehouser, Shane right. Hosey, Lucia Fasano. Right, Kevin and, Arnold. Exactly. Angels and demons alike. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we are a fun show. We hope you listen to us on the River City Podcast Federation and peace Bye. Uh, for a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton. You, oh, <laughs> you're Austin Gorton in them. I'm Austin Gortoning you. That's cool. Nice. <laughs> oh, I flub those all the time. I think that's the first time you flubbed that. Austin Gorton me. Austin Gorton. <laughs> Austin Gorton me. I like it.